Hi, I'm Danielle, and I'm blindly stumbling my way through Lost. This is Lost at Random. I'm So. I'm helping her stumble her way through Lost. Uh, which, for tonight, was... Uh, this is episode three for me, uh, which was season three, episode four, Every Man for Himself. Uh, original air date, October 25th, 2006. We, uh, we ended up in, at another season three episode, but before the one I saw. I'd say the odds of that are about, eh, one in five, one in six, you know. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know how many episodes there are per season. Uh, I imagine that will vary. Uh, I guess I'll get yeah. into my notes and recap. Yep, yeah, you start with the recap, because I'm uh, still kind of amazed at your inability to pick up on people, but continue. I yeah. guess. Okay, so this episode I had the same problem I did when I first watched Fellowship of the Rings. Or, I mean, yeah, the Fellowship of the Ring, which is all white guys with chin-length hair kind of end up looking the same to me. I'm sorry. They sort of do. Um... She, for somehow, confused Sawyer and Desmond. I don't know how. Which... I don't know that name, by the way. Oh, well. I I call him Contemplative Beardman in my document. Contemplative Beardman's a great name for him. All right, well, we open on the beach. Contemplative Beardman is watching Claire and her baby. He tells Claire, oh, your roof is a problem. Um, and I learned the baby's name. His name is Aaron. Which surprises me a little. I thought they'd want to go with alliteration with Charlie and Claire having another C name, maybe, but that might be a little on the nose. Um, Beardman, because I don't know his name, <laughs> offers to fix the roof. Uh, Charlie is a little suspicious because Charlie feels, hey, I'm pretty handy. I can do this. Uh, I was building a church before Echo exploded, and now I'm wondering if the sh if the if the plane was named Echo. Or does he mean metaphorically something exploded? Anyway, Charlie and Claire are just as confused as I am about Contemplative Beard Man. Uh, we go to what seems at first maybe to be a flashback because it's some cartoons uh, of maybe like the 50s or 40s. There's a swan and her babies, which again continues the motif of motherhood. Uh, nope, just kidding, it's a fake-out, this is island time, Jack is in a cell. Uh, Juliet comes in, brings Jack some food on a tray, it's, you can't really see what it is, because there's a napkin over it, presumably to keep it warm, a bottle of water, and a mug. Uh, she tells him, you seem frustrated. Jack is definitely frustrated, because he's just sitting in here with cartoons on. Uh, Juliet's like, oh, I hope you like blueberry. Jack wonders, oh... Uh, what if I talk to Ben instead? He seems to be in charge. Juliet uh, says, oh, no, I don't work for Ben. And on this side of the island, we make decisions together. Jack mentions that he previously threatened to kill her and Ben didn't seem to care. Ben conveniently pops in, tells Juliet, oh, the sub is back. We have a situation. We gotta go. Juliet says, well, can it wait? Apparently it can't. And they leave. Uh, we have some stress strings in the soundtrack, and there's a body on the stretcher. We see Sawyer and Kate in separate cages, the same cages that I saw in the season six episode. And uh, a man with a broken nose tells him, okay, time for work. Uh, nose man gets a radio call about somebody somewhere. Sawyer is pleased. He tells Kate, 
They in the business of shooting each other. We did it. Kate is pretty horrified at this. And then title sequence. Yeah, I'm actually kind of... Uh, it's weird how things are working out together at the uh, cages and the uh, Hydra Island and whatnot. Yeah, here. I noticed the, the Hydra logo this time. Um, and by Hydra, I don't mean like the, the Marvel octopus skull logo. I mean like an actual... Nidarian Hydra, my my friendly freshwater friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add at the moment. You're doing a pretty good job recapping. So. Okay, I mean it's it's pretty straightforward. I wrote what I thought maybe would be relevant, which at this point seems everything. Uh, after the title sequence, Sawyer is building things in the cage, hitting a button and throwing some rocks. When he hits the button. Uh, a friendly robotic female voice says, "Warning, reward!" And food pellets and water come out. And then the musical accompaniment to this is some circus march I know I've played before. <laughs> I wanted to Google it, but I can't. No, do not. I'll see if I can find it sometime I definitely for us. played it in middle school orchestra at some point. It's like Circus Maximus or something. A uh, romantic era piece, I think. You would know a lot better than me. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just not going to Google it, though. Because also, it's probably been used in a lot of things. It's, yeah, I'm sure it probably is one of those pieces that's just under fair use at this point. Mm, maybe. It depends on... Well... Okay. That's a tangent. I'm not going to go down that. <laughs> that's a trap. Because um, it, it honestly depends on who played it. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the, the person on the stretcher is apparently, uh, romantically linked to Broken Nose Man. Uh, Kate says his name is Pickett? Yeah, it's something like that. Is his name Pickett? I think that's what they called it, but I don't know. Because I guess Sawyer also didn't know his name. It could be an alliteration to the Broken Nose. Maybe. No, no, that's not. No, that's not how alliteration works. Um, Sawyer, meanwhile, with his button pressing and throwing things, is gonna try and electrocute somebody because he knows hitting that button triggers something, and it's not a mechanical lever because we have a robot voice. So somehow he's gonna uh, rig this so it puts a charge in a puddle, and this is not a very well thought out plan. Kate points it out, and he's like, "Oh, I got shocked. I'll be fine." But the bears never thought of that. So this isn't Isla Nubar. These are not cages for dinosaurs. I guess they're for mystery polar bear. That still doesn't really explain why there are bears on the island. Unless there's some bears. Some bears? S-O-M-E or sun bear? Sun, like in Southeast Asia. I just wanted to to make sure that's what you're saying. Okay, continue on. Okay. Um... While Sawyer's doing his, I'm going to escape this way, Kate asks, so what about Jack? Sawyer's like, we don't know if he's here. We don't know if he's alive. We got to take care of us. Uh, I am still convinced he kind of, he still cares a little bit about Jack. I know I'm building this imaginary ship entirely in my head, but I imagine he's just so mad that Jack is separated. And yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) Then we go to flashback. Uh, there are men boxing. Uh, a guy in a uniform tells him that's enough. Uh, I guess it's Sawyer. Sawyer is a prisoner. Prisoner, and uh, 
the warden breaks up fights, but it's like a boxing ring in a prison. Uh, I, I had to ask Syl if that was Sawyer, because... Uh, yeah, you're really bad at faces. I I guess. I mean, the, the identifying feature here is like the, the chin length hair, but he sort of has like a, a mini 2006 man bun, but not really. Um, he and the warden share a significant look. Uh, I see there are three black people in this scene. That is the most I've seen so far in my three episodes. Uh, Sawyer has been here nine months and is still on trash duty. Uh, a very a kind of uh, bald-looking mob guy has been there maybe a couple weeks, and he's on the cushier tote bag job. But Sawyer's like, you're a pawn, you're getting used to get some $10 million pool. Uh, bald mafia man is like, well, why are you telling me this? And Sawyer says, advice is free, Murgatroyd. The last nine months made that of that war. The last nine months that warden made my life a living hell. Um, that was an awful accent. It was. Yeah, that because yeah, I'm not don't... super convinced about Sawyer's. <laughs> um, <sighs> I noted the number of people of color in the scene. Uh, warden called Sawyer Ford. I ex- I made a noise of surprise, and you told me that. Oh, did you think Sawyer was a real name? I don't know. Maybe. It could be a first or a last. I'm still not sure. Uh, we go back to island time. Ben approaches Sawyer's cage, and Ben asks him, Oh, how much do you weigh? Sawyer says, uh, 180, give or take. Ben asks his age. Sawyer says, 32. Ben tells, can tell he's lying. After a deep sigh, Sawyer says, 35. Then Sawyer grabs at him and tries his electrocution button plan, which is not very well thought out. And Ben's like, we turned it off, shoves a nightstick in Sawyer's face, beats on him, and we f- shoved to black as uh, as Sawyer gets knocked out uh, by a shoe, shoe to the face. Sawyer wakes up, because um, it seems like an important thing to s- note down, wasn't sure. Somebody in the room says, oh, it's been two days since the sky turned purple, our comms are down, etc. Um... Ben tells whoever says the thing about purple skies that Juliet's taking care of it, which doesn't seem like her field of work, but what uh, I uh, think you misread that scene. I, maybe? I don't know. Did the, I? The, the, the purple sky thing was unrelated. Juliet's taking care of the injury. Oh. Okay. I don't know. Does that make a little bit more sense? Not, not really. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's better or worse for you to let me run down these rabbit holes or not, unless you deem they're unnecessary. I just want to make sure you're not missing obvious things. Okay. Well, I mean, like, what's what's obvious to you on a rewatch might not be obvious to me, and something about sky turning purple seems weird. I'm not going to comment on something about the sky turning purple. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say Juliet was taking care of the injury. Okay. Or was she? Uh, Sawyer is strapped to a stainless steel table. Ben calls for another person of color. We're just introducing all of them this episode to me. A brown man named Jason who shoves a stick in Sawyer's mouth for the pain. A, a honking big-ass syringe is thrust into Sawyer's heart by a, a younger guy who needs to be told, oh, no, you want to get it through the sternum. Uh, for some reason, 
all of this is being broadcast in the comms box or comms box in Jack's room, and then we transition to a black on a blam trumpet blam. Uh, we go back to our island village. Uh, some Italianish guy, based on the shirt he was wearing, maybe he's just a fan of the Italian football team football. Um, anyway, Italian football shirt man is golfing. I guess. Uh, suspicious contemplative beard man uh, asks him for a club. Uh, Italian football fan is like, but why? Uh, suspicious beard man says, oh, no, Hurley says this is, it's all right. And then gives him some advice about squaring his shoulders and says, oh, it's because I'm Scottish. Cheers. Uh, we go. It was a fun part of that conversation you entirely glossed over. Anyway, uh, continuing, okay. continuing on. Yeah. No, I, I, all right. Um, Sawyer wakes up on the table. He's not strapped down. There is a laughably, like, regular-sized bandage next to the giant uh, patch of gauze with blood on it. Ben comes in. There's a bunny in a cage with an eight painted on it, and he puts it on Sawyer's chest. He starts shaking the cage and yelling at the bunny to move. It's very obnoxious. Uh, the bunny seems to collapse. Sawyer asks if they killed the bunny. Ben goes into uh do you know what a pacemaker is it's 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 something to kickstart the heart when you're when you're nervous or frightened or if you try to escape ben says based on the given weight and age oh i assume your your resting heart rate is 70 beats per minute your active heart rate should be 140 beats per minute which is when your pacemaker will explode the watch monitors your pulse. <laughs> if you get within 15 beats of your danger zone, it will start to beep. Uh, which is interesting in a pre-Fitbit world. Um, I think that... Actually, I'm not sure when wrist-mounted heart rate monitors became a common... I don't think theme. they were in 2006. I, I, don't, I think, I'm sure they might have existed, but I don't think they were common. Well, because, like, smartphones weren't really a thing, or they didn't become super widespread until about 2007, 2008. Oh, I know. I, 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 <clears throat> but the smartphones wouldn't be involved in this. All the hardware would be entirely in the watch mm. itself. But, yeah, yeah I'm curious about that. There might be that. some pedometers, uh, but I don't yeah. know about um, heart rate. I'm not sure either. Huh. Uh, can you hand me the... What? Oh. Um, our beverage of choice at the moment is a Degard, the little the little peach. It's a spontaneous wild ale aged in oak barrels with wild Oregon peaches, and it is delightful. Yes, if as everything from Degard is, is delightful, and uh, yeah, Oregon peaches. I uh, huh, yeah, you learn some things, which is Degard's wonderful. <clears throat> anyway, I can continue on as I so I won't get so sidetracked by trying to think of the technology of. Heart rate monitors in uh, 2007. 2006 is when this episode aired. I don't know if it was con if the series is supposed to be contemporary to the air date. In general, uh, imagine most of the stuff on Actually, the... Actually, hold up. No. The, the newspaper that they showed for... They showed Juliet for, oh, you have a nephew, said 2004. So this is 2004-ish? You did notice. Yes. Yes, I did. All right. Okay. Stop talking. Um, <laughs> okay. So I guess this is Crank, but on primetime TV. And the opposite of Crank? I think this is actually still before Crank came out. Hmm. Continue on. All right. Um, 
Sawyer tells the room of science people, you know, if you want me dead, just shoot me and get it over with. And Ben is like, oh, we're not killers, James. I guess that's his first name. Oh, and one more thing. Kate, don't tell her. If you do, we'll put one in her too. And he's returned to his cage with a bucket. Uh, friendly old man tell says, you know, if there's anything in the bag that doesn't fit Kate, uh, just give a holler. The buckets have some soapy water and a sponge. Sawyer is not a super convincing liar, as Kate asks him, well, what happened? What did they do to you? And Sawyer's just like, eh, just ask me questions. Just whatever. And Kate's asking, you know, how are we going to get out of here? Sawyer's like, eh, we'll just, we'll just chill. We'll hang out. Um, Kate changes. Sawyer peels back the gauze. I don't know if he was looking to see if there was a lack of a wound or not. And I didn't see, um, it didn't look like he had stitches. So that's kind of, hmm, maybe they didn't put a pacemaker in. Um, he kind of glances back over his shoulder at Kate's naked back and his watch starts beeping. Uh, Kate is alarmed. He, he tells her, oh, put, put some clothes on, woman. Uh, and then dumps the bucket of water on his head because he doesn't know how to be mindful. Uh, and then we have a sh what sounds like a sh gunshot for our transition noise. Back to the flashback. Um, Mob Guy's wife is uh, talking to Mob Guy. It doesn't look like a good conversation. He kind of shares a glance at Sawyer. Uh, a young 20-something woman is meeting with Sawyer. Meanwhile, I should note uh, this um, prison prisoner visit room is just picnic tables in a big open room. There's no divider between prisoners and whoever's visiting them. It's it's uh, oddly open. Uh, which in a post-9-11 world seems like a like a I don't know. A design flaw? Maybe they just don't have enough people? I don't... Anyway. Um, uh, the girl tell, says, Hello, Sawyer. And he says, It's James Ford. You got it right when you press charges. You want something. Uh, she tosses a very photogenic baby picture at him without saying a word. And he's like, What's this? And she says, Oh, this is your daughter. What do you want? And You're really bad at voices. I wouldn't... Do you want me to just continue saying, and Sawyer said? It's probably a little bit easier than you trying to... I think you've tried to use five different voices on him so far. I, I mean, I haven't really gone through five... I, I, if anything, they have all been attempts at Sawyer. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I which, don't know what to do with Sawyer. Which is what makes um, it more... Which, is, like, a, which okay. is pretty bad, because we lived in South Carolina, and my mom is from Georgia, so I know how Southern accents are supposed to go, but I don't know if he's Southern... What if he's just, like, one of those redneck pride people from the western U.S.? Because there are a lot of those, too. Uh, anyway, digressing. Um, uh, the woman tells Sawyer, you know, first I wanted to tell you that she exists. Uh, we're living in a little place in Albuquerque by the university. He interrupts her. He's like, but okay, why are you telling me this? She tells him, well, I thought you could write her a letter. Her name is Clementine. And Sawyer understandably he's like why would i write a baby because babies can't read uh but then he continues to be emotional and says oh i don't have a daughter and then storms off angrily um 
and then we flash back to Sawyer in her cage, which, if this is a flashback that he's thinking of, this is a really bad one to pick if he's trying to calm himself down. Yeah, I'm never quite sure how... If they're actively thinking of it at the time, or just showing a relevant past thought, I don't know. It's I'm never really sure about that. Yeah, and I wasn't sure what was relevant other than uh, keeping your emotions under control. Uh, he's... He, which he's not good at. <laughs> he's in a cage, like, like, like in the past when he was in a cage. Okay, very broadly, that is the theme of the episode, yes, but why this specific flashback? What is the commonality between this specific flashback and the instance that they're in? The emotional stress and emotions. The emotional anchor of someone. They make it very, very clear at the end of the episode. I mean, I guess you think it's romance, but I still have my Sawyer Jack ship. My crack ship. It's not romance. It's showing that the one thing that will keep Sawyer in place is the fact that he actually cares about somebody else. Hmm. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Are we? A little bit, because you just referenced the thing at the end. Um, Kate tells Hello. Sawyer after his hissy fit, Oh, I've been checking out my cage. I think I can squeeze through the bars up top. Sawyer tries unsuccessfully to dissuade her. Um, I noticed that Jack has an arm tattoo. I didn't notice that before. I can't really see what it is clearly. It's on his left forearm. Uh, Juliet comes into his cell in Dharma Scrubs. I say Dharma because I, the internet tells me that it's the Dharma Initiative's logo, but really it's I Ching with a, the I Ching hexes with a hydra in the center, but Dharma Initiative is shorter to say than Hydra I Ching. No comment. Okay. Uh, I'll probably go between both for calling that logo, naming that logo. Uh, he's, she's, anyway, Juliet's in scrubs. They're flecked with red blood, so it's, it must be freshy fresh. And Jack wants to know what she did to Solaire? Sawyer. Sawyer. Oh, okay. It sounded like Solaire. No. Was, oh. Because he heard, because he heard Sawyer struggling and screaming oh, earlier. makes way more sense. I thought they were kind of introducing another character in their group. No. <laughs> um, Juliet says, oh, it's the blood of a woman who's dying. And she has the stress eyes and she asks him for help. Uh, alarms start ooing off and they leave Jack out with a bag on his head uh, past the cages. So Kate and Sawyer both see him. And Kate, I don't, I don't think Sawyer is yelling because it would elevate his stress levels. But Kate is definitely yelling, Jack, Jack. But they, he can't hear because, uh, no, both of them are calling out to him. He can't hear because of the klaxons. Ben asks Juliet, well, why am I here? Uh, and then he's, or no, Ben asks Juliet why she's bringing Jack here. Um, she points out he's a surgeon, tells him it's a gunshot wound to the abdomen. He washes up and suddenly he's in surgeon mode. Uh, he glances at some suspicious x-rays on the wall. Danny is the name of Broken Nose Man. Maybe his name is Danny Pickett. Um, he's like, what the fuck? This is my wife. Why is, why is this island man here? And, uh, I guess Juliet got most of the bullet out, but, or she thinks she got all of the bullet out, but lady on the table is still bleeding. Uh, Jack tries, he notices there's a fragment underneath the liver and he's directing, he's in business mode, directing Juliet to, uh, hand him more pads, pull a thing away. 
but then the heart monitor goes flat. He asks her if they have any um, of those electrical or electroshock paddles to jumpstart. She says, oh, they don't, we don't have any. They, they were broken. And she kind of starts panicking. Jack starts doing chest compressions, um, which I'm not sure what that would do. Well, the entire, I mean, he was trying to restart her heart. Mm-hmm. So that's the entire reason you elect, that you use the jumpstart kit well, in the first place. Well, I know that's place. why you use the jumpstart cables in the first place. But I don't know why he's doing chest compressions as a substitute. Because it's the same thing. You're trying to get the heart, the blood circulating in the heart again to get it start pumping again. I see. The, yeah, the, the shocking is a lot more for, forceful and a lot more immediate. Oh, it, right. It's, it's, it's basically the exact same thing. Okay. Except one of them is much more intense, which is what the shocking does. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it because I took a very 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 short um uh resuscitation and heimlich maneuver thing before my temp job last year Hmm. it was maybe all of two hours and i remember they had us practice chest compressions and tilting the head up but i always thought it was like you know you don't want to block the airway i thought it was more about breathing in the lungs but i guess that makes it's. I mean, it's. It's, it's all, all the above. System. It's all. It's all in system. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I just want to mention is you. You talked you, earlier. You said the klaxons hid their voices and they're yelling. Klaxon sirens. Oh, I know, but I just want to mention that the, the audio on those things were like. It was very loud. Substantially louder than anything else that's been on the show. Like. We had to turn the notice- our TV volume down. Yeah, like noticeably, noticeably louder than anything else the show has had so far. Like weirdly louder. But anyway. Um, Continue on. So Jack is doing chest compressions. The line is still flat. He looks at Julia and says, time of death, but there's no clock. He doesn't know. Uh, Lady on the board is gone. Daniel is very upset. It's muffled because he's upstairs in an observation room, but it sounds like he's saying something like, he did this or you did this. Probably he did this. He is understandably upset uh, because his wife just passed. Uh, door slams. Daniel is mad. He goes out to uh, the cages. He opens Sawyer's cage, gets in, pulls Sawyer out, and throws him against Juliet's cage and starts punching him in the face. Kate. Or Kate. Yeah, I wrote Juliet. I don't know why. Um, he asks Kate, uh, do you love this man? Punch, punch, punch. Punch, punch, punch. She finally says, yes, please stop. Uh, Sawyer's watch is beeping like crazy. Daniel is very upset and leaves. Uh, tells somebody off screen to lock him up. And we have some squanchy horns. Uh, we flash back. Sawyer's reading of Mice and Men. Uh, Mafia Man says, oh, I need to talk to you. Uh, I guess his, his wife is trying to split because money... Um, Sawyer makes some literary references. He's trying to ignore the man. He's like, oh, mind if I go back to see if George gets his farm? Uh, bald man needs Sawyer to move the money that, uh, he didn't, but definitely did steal. Uh, because if Sawyer doesn't move the money, the warden gets it all and will win. Uh, we flip back to island time. Sawyer has a fresh bucket of soapy water and is sponging his wounds. Juliet does the best monkey bar up to the top of the cage and gets out. She's she yells at Sawyer. No, I don't know. Kate. Or Kate. I don't know why I kept writing 
I wrote Julia, and then I w- wrote Kate in the next line. <laughs> Kate monkey bars herself up to the her, her monkey bars herself out of the cage. She tells Sawyer, "Well, I don't know what they did to you, but whatever they did to you, it scares you enough to lie about it, and that scares me." And she's she's trying to bust him out, and he he's very insistent that she leave him. Kate says, tell me the truth for once in your life. Sawyer says, if you really love me, go. And she says, oh, I only said that so he'd stop hitting you. And then climbs back into the cage. Uh, I guess Sawyer's nickname for Kate is Freckles. And then Kate tells him, live together, die alone. Which sounds like it's maybe Island Community's motto or something. Uh, We switch back to what I'm going to call McHale's control room. Uh, Ben watches this go down. Uh, kindly old man is, tells Ben, oh, you know, Danny wants to kill him, right? Ben says, Danny can wait. Uh, old man wants to know if they should put Jack back in his cell. And Ben says, no, I I want him to sit with her for a while longer. Uh, ambiguous pronouns. I don't know if Ben is referring to the corpse of the patient he tried to save or Juliet. Uh, we see that Jack is handcuffed to the body, which is kind of morbid. Or he's handcuffed to the table that the body is on. So maybe... maybe which is still ben pretty means, morbid. Maybe Ben means both. Um, Juliet comes in. She says, I'm a fertility doctor. I'm not used to death. So confirmed that. I thought she was maybe a biochemist, but nope, fertility. Uh, the dead woman's name was Cole, short for Colleen. Uh, Juliet says, oh, I'm, I need to take you back. Jack grabs her wrist, zoom, gets real close to her face, and asks, "Who, whose x-rays were they that he saw? He can tell that they belong to a man who's 45 years old uh, and has a large tumor on his L4 vertebrate. Jack just happens to be a spinal surgeon. He's, what's the real reason he's here? Who is he supposed to see? And we have some stress on the strings, uh, contemplative scott man seems to have made a, a what looks like a flagpole he comes out and hangs out with hurley hurley wants to know if it's uh, modern art uh contemplative scott man says nope just an experiment uh hurley was making a fruit salad he's like okay well i'm just gonna go and scott man says you might want to wait a minute uh suddenly a storm comes in this is a lightning rod with a golf club on top after the lightning strikes it and kind of lights it on fire, it falls near Charlie and Claire's hut. Uh, they both pretty freaked out. Uh, contemplative Scotsman is looking at them kind of with a slight grin on his face. It looks a little anticipatory. I, I don't trust him. Um, ben, we go back to science cage land. Ben, psst, Sawyer awake and tells him, hey, let's go for a walk. Uh, we flash back to Sawyer walking in the prison to the warden in an empty boxing arena, and there are what seem to be FBI agents or something, I guess. Uh, you told me to keep track of numbers. So, uh, Sawyer tells him that the money is in a red Ford truck, uh, in a storage unit 441, uh, thing 23C. The money is there, and the warden's like, uh, okay. Cool. Uh, you just lied and che- cheated your way out of prison, but I'll give you a, com- a commission off of this, and your sentence will be commuted. Sawyer tells him, oh, put it in the name of Clementine Phillips in the Albuquerque area. Just just don't tell her where it came from. So Warden's like, well, who's that? And Sawyer's just, can I go? 
and then we flash back to Island, Ben, Sawyer, Jacob, and uh, young boy are, well, not young boy. He's like early 20-something, maybe 22 years old. I tagged him as just white boy. That's, yeah, I don't think his name is relevant. So. Um, anyway, they're hiking in what looks like an old lava field. Um, I grew up in Idaho, so it reminds me of Craters of the Moon National Monument. And there's a lot of like tufty grass and basalt just hanging out. Um Sawyer makes an of mice and men reference, asks Ben, are you going to finally get that little place? His heart rate's going up because they're hiking uphill. And he's like, this is a, this is a weird way for you to kill me off. And Ben says, you know, your heart's not going to blow you up, James. The only thing we put inside you is doubt. Mwah, mwah. Uh, the watch is a heart rate monitor, though, so those probably do exist. Um, he pulls out of his messenger bag a bunny with number eight painted on it. He tells Sawyer, oh, we gave her a sedative, not a pacemaker. Sawyer's like, how do I know that's the same bunny? And I'm like, Sawyer, yes, I agree with you. Ben says, oh, you don't. Uh, Sawyer punches Ben to the face enough to call bleeding, calls him a son of a bitch. I'm expecting Ben to, like, punt the bunny or something. I'm not really sure. Uh, Ben says, well, you know, the rabbit isn't what I wanted to show you. They continue hiking up, and Ben's, or Sawyer's like, what the f- And we see another island? Hi, Hawaii. Um, ben <laughs> asks, ever been to Alcatraz? Right now you're standing on a small island roughly twice the size of Alcatraz, and over there, that's your island, the one you've come to know and love. I just wanted you to know, there's nowhere to run. The only way to gain a con man's respect is to con him. You're pretty good, Sawyer. We're a lot better. Uh, the pacemaker- uh, the fake pacemaker thing didn't work for trying to get him in line, but threatening Kate did. So they figured out the, the way into Sawyer's head is to poke at his secret emotional core that he doesn't want anyone to know. And then Ben quotes of Meissenman back at him. A guy goes nuts if he ain't got nobody. It don't make no difference as long as, we, as he's with you. And the quote goes on. I didn't want to type it all out. Um, and when Sawyer doesn't really register recognition... Ben is like, well, don't you read? And then credits. Yeah. So that's that's, that's what I got out of the episode. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on? Yeah, I'm curious. Like, what do you what do you think from so... that? Because this coincidentally, luckily for you, happened to still be in season three, and you mm-hmm. can definitely understand a bit more of what we saw from episode sixteen earlier. Yeah, this felt like. What happened before the pilot? Not pilot. Um, where we confirm that, yes, Juliet is a, um, a fertility doctor. We see the x-rays again. Except this time, I know who that is, even if Jack doesn't. Um, I, the cages aren't for dinosaurs, and I'm sad. Contemplative Beardman was not... I don't think Contemplative Beardman was in uh, Beach Village he has not been in don't tell an me. episode don't you've tell seen me. thus far. Don't, don't tell believe. me. Well, I figure because I, I didn't recognize him, though at first I thought it was Sawyer because he had shoulder length, brownish, blondish hair. There's someone from behind. I wasn't sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think he was in the welcoming committee when Zaid, Kate, Jack, uh, and Juliet came back. So... Yeah, I you named him Desmond. 
So I don't know if that's important or not. Um, it helps to keep track of It people. does, but also... Uh, I also just sort of assumed they would have said his name at some point this episode. significant? I don't know. He's Contemplative Beardman. Contemplative Scott Beardman. Um, still not really sure why they want Sawyer or Kate. Unless they're just collateral for keeping Jack in line. Except not really, because they didn't even tell Jack that his friends were around. He, he, he wouldn't have any awareness because he couldn't hear them. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what Contemplative Beard Man wants to do with, uh... Well, he knew Sawyer was there, because he heard Sawyer... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...in pain. Yeah, so he knew Sawyer was there, but that was, that was new information to him, I guess, because before he didn't have a status update, um, or it seemed that way. That's, that's an assumption I'm making. I will freely, uh, admit that. Um, yeah, I don't know why... Contemplative Beardman wants to get, uh, get in with Claire, and, yeah, I don't know. Well, he was, he was explaining, he was saying that her, he just wanted to fix her roof. Yeah, okay. And I guess that's why he put his, his lightning rod right next to their house, where it could fall and break their roof? I don't know. I don't, I have trust issues with a lot of people on this show. As far as I can tell, I can't really trust anyone. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, yeah, because you haven't met the good ones yet. I mean, who, and then like, relatively speaking, who is a good one? Like, Sawyer is coded to be one of our heroes, but he as was I said, super be- As fine. I said before, Bernard is a saint. He was okay with Colleen just dying, because, oh, yay, we shot one of them. It's a very us-versus-them thing. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe Abrams and company are trying to make a commentary on tribalistic uh, behaviors, or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you have any other spoiler-free leading questions? No, um, it's in, your idea on Contemplated Beardman is. Oh, also, Say- Saeed wasn't in this episode either. Not, I didn't see him in the background or anything, so I don't know what's what's up with him. Yeah, there's a uh, the 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 show's cast is so ensemble. I wouldn't look so it much would... into people who aren't in an immediate episode just because mm-hmm. they aren't in every episode. Quite frankly, just, yeah. There's, I mean, there's enough subplots sense. going it's on. It's an ensemble cast. Yeah, there's so. like twenty something main characters, and then like a hundred other characters. Yeah, so. Rem is saying that there's like over two hundred or over one hundred. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. That's yeah. highly likely. But hey, I I am an avid fan of the Wheel of Time, and that series has thousands of characters. It's, I feel like I'll be mostly okay. It's also funny to me that this is suddenly related to Lost that you kept calling the guy that Sawyer was in prison with, Mafia Man, just because... He visually looks like somebody who was on a prestige HBO show, blanking on its name, which is really bad, because it was a big one. Are you talking Sopranos? Yes. He looked like someone from The Sopranos. Yes, and he's also plays a Mafia character in both... um, person of interest and i think he also was one in justified if i recall correctly so that is just really funny to me typecasting (laughs) i guess so 
But uh, I think that's... I, unless you have something else, I think that's probably it for this episode. Uh, I'm kind of hoping we move away from Season 3. But who knows what RNG will show up next. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we're still stumbling our way through learning how to record things. And hopefully we sound a lot better this time because we, we figured out we should use individual mics. Yeah, and we're going to have better audio editing in the future. So this uh, hopefully this one does sound better. We're working we're, on it. We're blindly stumbling in multiple ways. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening to us ramble and i'm sure that at least a few of you are screaming your head off about how much we're destroying the sanctity of the show yep uh we'll watch another one soonish i guess yeah yep. we'll find out all right well <laughs> good night for, thanks for listening and yeah. or maybe tearing your hat hair out yeah so uh until next time <laughs> bye